Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And in this podcast, we have watched the game back. Um, it is Sunday afternoon. We're recording this at 3.30 in the afternoon on Sunday. And we're here to review and give better informed opinions uh, concerning Miami's 48-33 to win over Texas A&M on Saturday. Uh, before we, we hop into the podcast, Gabby, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on this, uh, this video game sponsor we have. Uh, I think it's a really cool idea, and everyone I talked to that's tried it out has said they, they've had a lot of fun with it, just kind of being a head coach, managing a program. So remind the listeners of the podcast what this video game is and what it's about. Yeah, I mean, you guys should definitely check out Football Coach College Dynasty. Uh, you know, it's a game that is played primarily on the PC, and you can find that on Steam for eleven ninety nine, which is a really, really good price. Again, middle of college football season, a great way to kind of just use your free time to, again, like all the things that you mentioned, David, you can be a coach and you can create game plans, you can call plays, you can recruit players, develop your team, compete for national championships, all the things that we love about college football. And it features everything from conference realignment, school boosters, official visits for recruits, the transfer portal, and you can even 
find, like figure out how you want to allocate your NIL. Uh, you know, again, this is football coach Colin College Dynasty, uh, eleven ninety nine on Steam. It's it's a really it's honestly a bargain deal for a really cool concept, a really cool video game, and we love that you're getting some positive feedback on that, David. It seems like a you know it's it's definitely a good product. Yeah, very cool. Give it a try if you haven't already. Eleven ninety nine, not too pricey for a lot of hours of fun. So let's dive into our little review session here, Gabby. Again, Miami 48, Texas A&M 33. Miami was, I would argue, Gabby, the much better team through three quarters. Second, third, fourth quarter. To me, Miami was by far the better team. First quarter, things were a little wobbly. Texas A&M got off to that 10 to nothing start. Uh, and then you had that fake, or sorry, the fake, the muffed punt, um, early in the second quarter, which set up another easy Texas A&M touchdown. But from that point on, Miami kind of stabilized itself on both sides of the ball. And, um, definitely, I think the better team emerged victorious, uh, when we're analyzing the totality of the game but the way we do this podcast gabby it's kind of just like an informal discussion we can bring some topics that we like from the game bring some areas maybe that we have our eye on for for concern moving forward um so i just want to give you the floor first where do you want to take this conversation the star horton group is a real estate company that covers all of miami dade broward and palm beach counties born and raised in miami Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text Star directly at 561-573-4661. And here's the beauty. When you refer someone to Star, he will donate $250 to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, call or text STAR today at 561-573-4661. This episode is also brought to you by Midway Sports, your one-stop shop for all of your sporting good needs, located just two miles south of the University of Miami. This locally owned small business has everything you would need to gear up for every sport. Their stocked up men's, women's, and kids selections has you and your family covered for all of your outdoor needs. Use promo code SMOKE15 for 15% off your online order at MidwaySports.com. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later. And the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation. And Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers 
to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. Yeah, I mean, just really, I guess... You know, for me, it's just watching it back is really just how destructive uh, it really could have been. Uh, you know, watching that game back again, that first quarter. And again, just to kind of echo you, like to me, it was obvious that Miami was the much better team. Like, you know, I think that they played that once they kind of got rolling, uh, you know, they clearly were the better team. And that was really cool to watch. But man, watching that back, like watching that first quarter back on tape, it's just like, how is Miami going to come out? Like, if you tell me at that point, Miami's going to win this game by yeah. two scores, like no way, like no, right. no way. Like even in real time, I'm thinking to myself again, here we go again. And watching it back, I'm just like, how in the world? Like, so going back to the Jacoby George, but that was text. That was the first time Miami actually forced Texas A&M to punt. So it was the first that like they finally get right. a stop on defense. Texas A&M punts it off to Miami. They w- it would have been bad field position, but you know, and then you just kind of gift it right back to him and they score a touchdown. And I think they go up 17, seven at that point. Yes. Um, and it's just like, like just, just shooting yourself in the foot and shooting yourself in the foot and shooting yourself in the foot. And, uh, I, I really from that point, And, um, I think one kind of takeaway I had, uh, Miami wasn't great on third down, uh, you know, just three of nine, but I think t- in on two of those three third down conversions led to touchdowns. Like, like th- those ended up being, touchdown drives including the touchdown to isaiah horton which kind of flipped the game over uh they scored I, I, they had a big third down conversion i think that was one that colby young kind of dragged and had a kind of a big play and then they went to isaiah horton for the 52 yard score so um really honestly i mean it, to me it's just man how in the world did they kind of get away from that f- first quarter and then how just really how it, it felt like they were borderline dominant the rest of the game just it felt like they really were just able to take control uh Miami again was obviously the better team and uh I thought I thought that was really cool to watch the way that they kind of just continued to battle back again just like watching the game back yeah I mean we kind of said this after the after the game for the instant reaction podcast but just watching it back it really did feel like that Horton you know the random Isaiah Horton 52 yard bomb touchdown I went back and looked he played four snaps in that game uh, still generated that huge play. And really that that play was such a confidence boost for the team, energized the crowd, got the got the crowd back into the game. And so it was huge in that regard. And then I think equally as big was that quick touchdown drive uh, right before halftime where Miami Crazy. just stole the lead, right? Um, you know, I think it was fair to say Texas A&M won the first... 18 minutes of the game and, and then Miami responded in the final 12 minutes or sorry, eight. Yeah. Final 12 minutes of the first half. And, uh, they ended, they ended up going into halftime with the lead. A uh, couple things on that drive that, that throw and catch from Tyler to Xavier, uh, right, right before halftime, just on the sideline, beautiful ball placement. Great job by Restrepo for keeping keep staying in bounds and making somewhat of a contested catch. Um, Yeah, those were big plays. And then also, Gabby, I think you could make the argument that once Miami had the lead, 
maybe the biggest play of the game was the Brashard Smith yeah. uh, kickoff return touchdown. Like that kind of, because Texas A&M was still fighting. You know, I think it was what, 21-20 yeah. at that point in the game. And, and I think they had just gotten a red zone stop. Like I think like yes. they had they had forced a Texas A&M to kick a field goal and then just immediately responded with that 98 yards. So that was a huge momentum swing, like getting like not yep. letting Texas A&M score that touchdown. And then immediately like, boom, that big explosive touchdown just kind of, I think, I think from that point on, it was just Miami was in control. Yep. We, we talked about going into the game. Who were the playmakers on Miami that were going to step up and give Texas A&M adversity that they had to respond to, because that was something that didn't happen in last year's matchup. That's an example of that, you know, Texas A&M goes down, has, puts together a nice drive that kind of stalls out, gets clunky at the end with with some uh, penalties and you know trying to decide whether or not to go on it uh, on fourth down. They ended up kicking a field goal, cut the lead to one, and then bang, uh, Brashard Smiths you know responded immediately. So that was definitely deflating for Texas A&M. Um, where I want to go, Gabby, with the discussion is the coordinators and how I think that game should excite the fan base as to what they are bringing on their sides of the ball. And also too, I think it should, I think it should excite recruits because I think these are two systems that should be highly attractive to recruits. So let's start with Shannon Dawson, right? We, we talked about how, you know, in, in the instant reaction podcast, how he did a great job in the red zone with some play designs first touchdown motion Colby young kind of like in an H back role in that jumbo set. Um, and he leaked out into the flat, easy pitch and catch for Tyler Van Dyke. But that was like a little wrinkle. You know, when, when you have those short areas, when you're in the red zone, you got to bring these little wrinkles to your plays. And that was one using Colby young that in that way, the second red zone touchdown was the one right before halftime where Tyler, I was encouraged by this play. It it, it wasn't the yeah. most, you know, attention-grabbing play. But what we saw on that play was Tyler rolling to his right, buying time, and hitting Jacoby George on a scramble drill touchdown. And we never really see that from Tyler. And that's an element of his game where if he can give you that every now and then, that's a big boost. Um, and then the third red zone touchdown was just a thing of beauty with Jacoby George motioning in to the line of scrimmage kind of, and then going out when the ball's hiked uh, almost on a swing pass with Cam McCormick leading the way in front of him kind of as a lead blocker, beautiful, beautiful play. Uh, again, the Colby young thing and the Jacoby George play were kind of two exotic looks that you bring out in the red zone when the field is condensed and uh, and he got results there in the red zone. The other thing I want to bring up too is Shannon that I think is a big, big, big deal in terms of maybe I'm not saying I'm not saying we're there yet, but we might be seeing you know fair or unfair. I don't know. It's probably fair, right? But Mario Cristobal has a reputation of being a coach that handcuffs his offensive coordinators from being aggressive like you would want. Um, that was not the case from, you know, after rewatching the game, it seemed like in the fourth quarter, 
Miami on offense slash Shannon Dawson really kept their foot on the gas in the fourth quarter. They didn't try and sit on it and, and protect a lead for the majority of that quarter. Uh, I went and looked at the pass attempts to the to the run attempt split in the fourth quarter, and Miami had eight pass attempts, and they ran the ball eight times in that fourth quarter. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke went seven of eight on those passing attempts for 131 yards. The 64-yard Jacoby George touchdown with two minutes and 40 seconds remaining yeah. was on third down and eight. Yeah. And, you know, that's a down you should pass on. But I think when you have, like, if you're a conservative coach, you're having your OC call a run play on that play to chew clock, right? Um, I think you could tell in that play that Texas A&M wasn't really ready for that type of aggressive approach from Miami, you know, passing the ball like that. And Tyler threw it downfield. Uh, I think a lot of the defense, the Texas A&M defense thought a run was coming. Um, and Jacoby George made a play and, you know, some slash some bad tackling by Texas yeah. A&M allowed him to generate an explosive touchdown. So, and, and the numbers back this up to 8.3 yards per play is elite against anyone, but especially against a, a defense with Texas A&M personnel. Tyler Van Dyke averaged 11.6 yards per dropback, which is like 97th percentile stuff. In the game, they were also very efficient on a down-to-down -down basis with a success rate of 48%, uh, which is you know basically staying ahead of the chains. Are you staying ahead of the chains on a down-to-down -down basis? That's 82nd percentile stuff. So I just wanted to give first Shana Dawson props. I don't know if there's anything that stuck out to you that hasn't been touched on that that you liked about his approach offensively. No, I mean, I think you covered a lot of it. I mean, I just think that you saw, I think you just saw him just again. I think it looked like he was just in full control of that offense. And, you know, again, everyone was kind of pointing it back to him. Like you even kind of watch back on TV and on the sidelines. Like I think it was after one of those goal line touchdowns. Like you see a bunch of like the staffers are kind of like jumping on yeah. Shannon Dawson, like showing him love, just like the Jacoby just, one, I think. Yeah, yeah, the Jacoby like one. Like that was, you know, it's just again, I think it's the third one. Yeah, I th and I think that's the freedom that you need to give a guy like Shannon Dawson is because is and look, I mean, I think he's officially kind of reached that, you know, I've, I've proven it like kind of give me the reins. Uh, you know, I think this was a huge opportunity for him. And again, I think uh, I think the more that Mario Cristobal kind of lets go of the rope, I think, uh, you know, and allowing them to kind of do their thing. I'm really encouraged about where this offense could go. And yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the offense was, I looked, they looked highly efficient and you know, just kind of even looking at it. I mean, they only, they only found themselves in nine third down situations and that's because they were so explosive. Like it's because yeah. that they, they, they kept get they kept hitting, hitting those chunk plays. And now thinking back on it, I said two of the three third downs, I think all three of the third downs converted into touchdowns. Two of them were third and sixes that Miami eventually scored. And then that last one that I was downstairs for was a third and eight that Jacoby George scored the touchdown on. Yeah. So when Miami was moving the chains on third down, when they would get into those downs and they would convert like that, they would like, those were like, kind of like, like, like they were like almost like igniting drives. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Backbreaking drives where Miami was able to kind of keep doing their thing. So when Miami is converting on third down, uh, you know, they were, they were highly efficient on those drives. I mean, Shannon Dawson, I mean, it, this is a fun offense. I think this is exactly uh, what we hoped it would kind of look like right. uh, with Tyler Van Dyke. And I think it's, I think a lot of Miami fans should be just encouraged about, 
you know, what we saw, because again, I think that it's just going to, hopefully it just continues to kind of get better as they continue to mesh and, and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Um, and Tyler Van Dyke is flourishing, which is the reason why they brought him in was right. to get the most out of Tyler Van Dyke. And after this career performance, I mean, it's, uh, it's clear that, uh, you know, everything that they're kind of doing, uh, fits his skill set and that he's comfortable running this offense. So, um, I think that that's just a really, I think that's, a, that's a great, just kind of addition to the fact that Miami played and won this game uh, pretty handedly at the end. And again, it's only a two game sample size, of course. but Miami is averaging 43 points per game. I think through two games, they're also like fourth in the country in yards per play uh, at, at like eight, just over eight yards per play. So, but I would say to that you compare Miami to the rest of the country, a lot of the rest of the country has played an FCS opponent. And so that skews the stats, which to me makes what Miami's doing, again, it's just a two-game sample size, but it makes it somewhat legitimate. Um, and, and again, compared to last year, it's night and day. Like Miami came close. Miami didn't come close to scoring 48 points against any FBS opponent last year. Um, and so that game against Texas A&M is encouraging. I want to talk about the other coordinator too, Lance Guidry. Uh, he had his hands full against a talented Texas A&M um, offense. I, after watching the game, I think Connor Wegman's a good, good college quarterback. You know, he's 100%. young. He's yeah. still fi- he's still figuring things out a little bit. You can tell um, he made some things happen for that. He did. He's going to be good. Yeah. For um, sure. And what I like about Lance Guidry's approach. Man, he's aggressive. He dictates things to the offense. He's not going to sit back and be passive and let the offense get comfortable and react. He is going to bring it, whether it's blitzes, whether it's twist games up front, stunt games, loop games. I went and looked, Gabby, just like Miami's back seven players, how many pressures, or sorry, how many blitzes they sent for players on the back seven. Here's the count. According to Pro Football Focus, Kiko Mauinoa, 12 blitzes. Takori Couch, 10 blitzes. Wesley Bassett, 8 blitzes. Corey Flagg, 6 blitzes. KJ Cloyd, 5 blitzes. James Williams, 4 blitzes. Jaden Davis, 4 blitzes. Daryl Porter, 3 blitzes. So that's every position on the back seven. It's coming uh, after you with at least three blitzes during yeah. the course of a game, right? And so that just that keeps a quarterback off balance, uncomfortable, guessing, seeing ghosts, having to speed up the processing. And look, you look at the final stats, I don't I don't think Miami had a sack in that game, right? Like I don't think they were credited no. with a single sack, but they certainly affected the quarterback. They had 30 pressures wow. on Connor Wegman, which is a a big big number. It's almost shocking that they had 30 pressures and did not get a sack, but still they affected the quarterback. And I will say they were credited with four quarterback hits. Um, And so again, like this is the type of system that players want to play in. And it is a radically different system defensively than what we saw last year. And we, we said coming into the game, right? We expect Miami to play man-to-man on the outside and kind of load it up, send blitzes, and they'll deal with whatever happens 
uh, in those man coverage situations on the outside because Lance Gidry feels like this personnel performs better when they're being aggressive, when they're engaged like that. And uh, I think that theory played out how he presented it to us as a as a media um, in the preseason. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, and I think, I mean, hat tip to Lance Gidry. I mean, that secondary came to play, uh, you know, the way that those guys showed up and and just kind of, you know, really just, you know, they they, they Jaden Davis is a Jaden Davis. We need to talk. Yeah, we need to talk about how good Jaden Davis was. I mean, that was that was I mean, he's been as impactful of a transfer as 
I mean, I guess to this point, obviously, just with that performance in that game, he's been, you know, high, high impact transfer uh, for, you know, everything that he's done. I, I think, I mean, he he's the way he can kind of go inside, outside is awesome. I still think he's really, he's really good on the inside. I mean, two tackles for loss, uh, forced that fumble, which is a huge, huge fumble that he, I mean, that was a big, big huge. momentum swing also. Um he played eighty four snaps too. He, he was he was just a total beast, like really just a total beast. He was awesome. Uh, Daryl Porter, uh, I, I think he was. He's really, really, really good. Is he good? Like I might, I think he's good. I he's think good. He's like he's playing yeah. well. I mean, he, he they're really excited about him. I mean, even going into the season, like they felt like he kind of earned it. And I mean, you look at, I mean, I, I was just again watching back at that game. I mean, Evan Stewart finished with like an, a, an insane amount of yards. Like, I mean, it was kind of a fluky, like 140 or whatever he had. But there was a point that there was like three minutes left or four minutes left in the third quarter that he was like five catches for like under 40 yards. So right. for a majority of the game, like Daryl and Daryl Porter and, and Jaden Davis really were assigned with handling Evan Stewart. And they they limited him like significantly. Darryl, he got almost like, yeah. Daryl against him? Uh, when Daryl was matched up against Evan, Evan had six targets. Daryl allowed three receptions for 21 yards and only one yard after the catch went yeah. on Evan Stewart. Like, I don't think, like, if you told me that was going to be the stat line with Daryl Porter against Evan Stewart, I would not have believed you. Yeah. Um, but again, I think, I just think we've learned through two games. Daryl Porter's probably like pretty good. Like he's yeah. kind of, he's he's a pretty good cornerback, and you know, we'll hopefully we're not jinxing him here. But through two games, he might be the guy who's who's just like surprised me personally the most, just from uh, you know, what I thought he was compared to what we're actually seeing in these two games. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he, I mean, he's been he's been extremely impressive, and and I look, and we talked about going in like th- that was the place where maybe there was the most mismatch going into the matchup, like, you know, just like on paper, it seemed like that was where there was probably the biggest gap. And truthfully, it felt like Miami I mean, won how it. it played out. Yeah, Miami, Miami won, that won that. What definitely like won those that yards by Evan Stewart? They count, right? But yeah, they were they were garbage time yards. Yeah, he like, did that all in like when they were down two scores, like at the end of the game, like it was. I mean, what what they did there was extremely impressive. And then it kind of played out the opposite where like Miami's receivers, not to go backwards to the offense, but like Miami's receivers ended up kind of being what, a, yeah, being what, a, uh, what I thought A&M receive, A&M's wide receivers were going to be with the yards after catch, with the explosives, all that stuff. Like, yep. like that, it, it almost like finished like almost opposite of kind of how it looked or appeared to like be on paper. But yeah, man, I mean, that's like, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. To me, James Williams, had one of his, uh, you know, best performances. Uh, I don't yep, know how he graded he was out. Solid. I don't know how he graded out, David. But I just like watching Not him. Great, but he was good. He was. Yeah, good. he he looked. He just looked good. I mean, to me, he looked. I think that was maybe the most like, uh, physical and efficient. He kind of looked just as a tackler, just you know, just kind of being around the football. Um, you know, I thought that he, I thought that he had a, a strong game again. Just kind of what I saw. I don't know what like the deep analytics say, but it felt like he was impacting the game in different ways in the way that he was. You know, again, to me, it was just about, are you going to be physical, man? And to me, I think he's showing improvements in he's his physical physicality. Enough. He's yeah. not the thing. And this is nitpicking, right? And we're doing this because James is so talented. Right. For the most part, it's still frustrating to me, at least, that he's not a knockback tackler. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's kind of a, a guy that will tackle you and you'll still gain two or three yards after the contact. But he's he is improving. Like, he's yeah, better. Yeah, I do in think this- he's improving. He's better in this phase than he was last year. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, the corners. The thing I like about Jaden and Daryl is they will they're they're just like feisty, aggressive, yes. undersized corners. They will fight you and make you earn everything. And you can win a lot of games. Both guys, both those guys too, are excellent tacklers. Excellent, yeah. excellent tacklers mm-hmm. to this point. Um, and if they keep playing like this, Miami can win a lot of games with with cornerback play like that. I thought too. Look, Takori, Takori was solid for Takori. Um, you know, there was some missed tackles. Uh, he did allow a touchdown, but that's going to happen. Um, I think through the lens of what Takori Couch is, I think he played a solid game too. In general, I went and looked to Gabby last week. We talked about Gage Larvadane, the uh, Miami of Ohio slot receiver that gave Takori some issues in Game One. Right, he ripped it up against UMass. Oh yeah, uh, he did. Eight catches for two hundred and seventy-three yards and Holy three Lord. touchdowns. So, oh my gosh, I'm okay. So I'm guessing Miami of Ohio won. That one? Mimo have one. Yeah, they beat UMass. Uh, Mark Pope, 70 yards. There you uh, go. Noodles. I'm just saying, maybe game one, I was a little too harsh on Sikori, uh, because it does look like he he was matched up against a pretty good slot receiver engaged Gage Day. So, um, cornerbacks showed up big time. Attention business owners. I'm going to say three words you've probably heard of by now. Employee retention credit. If you're a business owner with W-2 employees and you haven't explored this program, you need to schedule a call with our friends at Foreman Law Offices, ASAP. The employee retention credit can put thousands of dollars back into the hands of business owners. However, the rules are complex and have changed many times since the inception of the program. You need to have a qualified law firm with experience in the ERC. Evaluate this for your business. You won't owe them a dime until you get paid. All you have to do is go to erclawyers.com and fill out the short questionnaire to schedule a call with their team. Two minutes may be worth thousands of dollars for your business. Get it done today. erclawyers.com. Tell them TTS sent you for Through the Smoke. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at torreslionel1, the number one, at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises, your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. Only nine missed tackles for the defense. How about Tyler Van Dyke? I feel like, you know, we, of course, he was good. Everyone knows that. Imagine what he would have been. And again, I think the receivers overall were good, but how many yards would he have thrown for if they didn't have those drops on those routine catchable passes? You know, Xavier had a drop early on. Kobe Young had a drop early on. Jacoby George dropped a touchdown. Oh, man. He could have thrown for 400 yards uh, easily. If those routine drops didn't, I mean, I think if, I think if one of them, I mean, that were, were twenty five yards. Like, I think if one of those guys catches a pass, like you definitely, yeah. I mean, you move the sticks. He just, I think by attempts, he he definitely hits for uh, that four hundred yard to me, mark. To me, the big thing with with Tyler in this game, just watching it again, 
I think this game was huge, huge, huge for his confidence. And yeah. mm -hmm. that's kind of just my read on him. And maybe this is unfair, but this is just my personal read. Confidence for Tyler is a big deal. Uh, when he's confident and feeling it, he can be as good as any quarterback in the country at the college level. Um, but when he's not confident or hesitating or second guessing a little bit, things can avalanche on him in a hurry. Um, and so let's see how this game can propel him moving forward with that confidence. One thing I liked, Gabby, after that Isaiah Horton touchdown, we saw a little fire uh, like celebration from Tyler. Like he was kind of fist pumping. We never really see that from him. Yeah. You know, he, he's kind of a subdued guy, which is fine. Like I, I don't have an issue with that, but I did kind of like seeing him uh, show some, some nice raw emotion after that huge 52 yard touchdown to uh, Isaiah Horton. Yeah. Colby, I mean, I, I'll go ahead. I was just going to say Colby young to me looks like an NFL guy. I don't know. Sure. Like he's, He's pretty impressive. I think there's a lot more meat on that bone in terms of like, I think he can have a big, big, big year. Yeah. To me, I mean, I think the question kind of coming in is, is does Miami have a wide receiver one? And I think that we can sit, I mean, again, after, after two games through two games, I think it's, it's a definite. Yes. I think Colby young is a wide receiver. I think he's definitely a wide receiver one type. Uh, and yeah, I agree. There, there's so much, there's so much room for Colby to kind of grow, but I think he just continues to show, uh, you know, his willingness to kind of fight for that extra yardage. Uh, he's a tough, like he's a tough guy to bring down. Uh, he's so, I think just, he's so physical. Uh, he welcomes contact. He again, fights for uh, just a little, for just all that extra, which I think helped. Texas A&M was not a great tackling team. And I think Colby, you know, again, kind of exposed, uh, you know, the kind of Restrepo too. Restrepo yeah, all the, I bounced mean, off some guys. I mean, look, we've, I feel like for the past year or so, and fairly, I think we've been hard on the receivers. Again, I think it's been warranted. They but showed I think, up. They yeah, showed up this is, this is, they this did. is a, I did not know that this room had this tight. I didn't know this, that this room had this in them. Um, You know, Restrepo had a huge monster, like monster career game uh, on, on, on a really big stage. Colby had a great game. Jacoby, you know, I, obviously you hate that he dropped that. He made that, up for it. He did make up for it, but, and, but you like, I mean, I like that he kind of created the separation to kind of even put himself in position to make that play. Like he yeah. had, he had it, he had a stride or two uh, on the guy covering him and, you know, it was back of the end zone. You got to bring that in, but you're encouraged about his ability to even create that kind of opportunity. Like, you know, again, I don't know how deep this room is. Um, you know, I don't know how many guys, how many more guys that we can kind of just throw into there, but I, I think don't those think. I don't think they're going to be able to do this against good secondaries. I'm still hesitant. Yeah, I mean to that Texas A&M secondary was was really they're not that good. No, that yeah. was they were worse. They were way worse than I than I thought they were going to be. Um, but that's what Miami needs to do for to sure, those types sure. of definitely. They haven't been doing. And how that. often are you going to run into a secondary that's really like right. that loaded? I mean, right. you're probably probably Clemson, Clemson at this this at this point is probably Clemson and Florida State. Right. So if you could do that to everyone else, you're in a good spot. I know? think this, the final stat was like 244 of the receiving yards were yak yards. And Huge. I, w I went and looked, and that was the most yak yards in a game by a Miami receiver group since uh, the Pittsburgh game when Tyler was dueling it out with Kenny Pickett. And he wow. threw for, I don't, I don't remember his yards, stat, yeah. 380 or something maybe. Mm -hmm. um, they had like 280 yak in that game. I think 280, 260, something like that. Last year I looked too, Gabby. 
there was like three, three or four games where Miami didn't even have like close to a hundred yak yards from the receivers yeah. in those games. So uh, it was, it was a good performance. I'm not like taking anything away with them by saying Texas A&M secondary stinks, but uh, um, you know, they did stink. Um, last thing uh, to, well, two, two more things. So injuries, right? That was a war. That's what happens when, uh, yeah. when you play a big time, physically talented SEC team, you get those big physical body types flying around both sides of the ball. Collisions are going to happen. Injuries are going to happen. So this is going to be something to monitor, right? Camp kitchens, all indications are that he's going to be okay. Is he going to play against Bethune? Personally, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd no, sure. I don't think so, yeah. Right, So, but I do think he's going to be fine to play and come back this season. Mark Fletcher, to me, he went out in the what, what seemed like the early second quarter. My read on that is it's kind of like a head deal. So read into that however you want to read into that. Akeem Mesador, my guess there, I think it's his foot, unfortunately. And my I think it might be his other foot. So he played through a foot thing last year. I think now it's his other foot. So hopefully it, it's something he can kind of manage and play through this year, but that's got to be frustrating for him. Uh, I don't know what Branson Dean's deal is. It might be like a foot or an ankle. Um, I don't know. Didn't look to be that serious, but you never know. Um, you need a couple of days to really assess those things. Seems like Elijah Royo, the plan there is like ACC play. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds. I don't think I don't think we're gonna see Elijah Royal until uh, Georgia Tech, uh, maybe North Carolina. But yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't expect to see Elijah Royo uh, until like in Bethune Cookman or um, Temple. For so and, just so and getting him back that. is huge. Getting sure. him back gives you another element in the offense. Um, you know, to be a a balanced yeah. offense. So yeah, and and as a, and just just to add on to that, and like how we saw it. Uh, you know, on on Saturday, I do expect Riley Williams to kind of be the guy yeah. uh, that they kind of go to uh, with Cam McCormick more so than Jaleel Skinner. And I think it's just a testament to Riley Williams and what they think of him and what he's kind of done to this point and how they feel like he's he is a complete tight end. And they put him in a lot of situations. Put, I mean, he they played put him in, in, 17 snaps. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 which was the for, most of any non starter in the game. There you go. They, so, you're gonna we're gonna continue to see Riley Williams, and I think that role elevate. I mean, they're extremely high on him. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to watch. I mean, look, plenty of things to clean up from this game. Uh, obviously, the special team stuff in the first quarter. There were some penalties that were frustrating at times. Again, mostly in the first quarter, um, but I do think the response from the second quarter on was strong. I think for the most part, they played sound from the second quarter on. And so that's encouraging. But for me, Gabby, what stands out most is I think you can see in that Texas A&M game, the potential of this team. They made huge plays in all three phases. We've talked about the explosive passing plays on offense, uh, three turnovers on defense, two of which really mattered. I mean, the Takori couch interception at the end of the game was a nice interception. Uh, and it definitely counts as a turnover, but, uh, the Camp Kitchens interception was huge from a momentum standpoint. Mm -hmm. Also, Connor Wegman's first interception of his college career. That's definitely, you know, it's something that <laughs> that weighs on humans. 
during no games doubt. because we're, they're not just football playing robots. Um, and then that the fumble we talked about with with Jaden Davis, where he's just a heat seeking missile, popping the ball out, giving Miami a short field. So those were huge plays on defense. And then uh, the kickoff return for a touchdown was a game changing special teams play. You know, Andy Borgales outside of a 54 yard field goal attempt was was solid, dependable during the day. So I think you could see like this team does have potential, right? But then on the flip side, the floor is still not quite as high as you would like it because there are some frustrating things that will pop up yeah. with this group, like drops from the receivers, mm-hmm. um, penalties on both sides of the ball, penalties that need to be cleaned up. And, uh, and of course the special team stuff. So uh, they got to raise that floor and kind of keep bumping their head on that ceiling they have. Um, and if they do that, I think we are, I, again, I'm not there yet because I have too much PTSD, but <laughs> I think there is a chance this team could be a nine or 10 win team, yeah, but I, there's a long ways to go. They got to manage this season. Miami's been really bad about navigating seasons for the past 10 or 15 years outside of 2017. Um, and even that, I mean, things fell apart at the end. That was frustrating. But if this team can m- navigate the season, avoid some injuries, they could definitely go out and win nine or 10 games. Yeah. To me, it's just like, I, I, this was nowhere near uh, a complete game. Far from it. Uh, a ton of self-inflicted wounds. I still think that they could be, you know, a better third down team. I, there's a lot of things I think that they're still waiting. I mean, the drops, uh, the special team stuff. The run game. Yeah. The run game was not good. I mean, the pass rush, uh, especially I think in that second half after a key message. They got to finish. They got to yeah, finish. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think you definitely, you, you saw that drop off and you talked about it on the instant reaction, but watching it back, uh, you, you, I think you kind of saw where you know Wegman maybe had a little bit more time, and they still generated pressure. But I, there's still so there's still plenty plenty of room uh, for Miami to kind of improve. And and again, the op like where you can be optimistic is that so many things went wrong, and Miami still found themselves a they winner fought. by two yep. scores uh, over again a top tier SEC brand. I get that's not a top tier SEC team right now, but that's a top five again on paper roster in college football. So. Um, you, you can be encouraged about what this team will look like if they do put it together for four quarters and they play a complete game. And you look, the way that these guys compete, it's, uh, you know, again, I, I mean, we'll see if they can continue to elevate and, uh, yeah, you know, see where, see where they can take this, but there's a lot, a lot of cleaning up to do. And I'm sure we'll hear that from Mario Cristobal on Monday. I don't think we're going to get a fully satisfied, um, right. Or, um, you know, again, I don't think he's going to. So I think I'm sure there's a lot of negative to take away from this too that need to get cleaned up. Right. What what I am, what I would assume, like he's he is happy about though, is the compete level of no this doubt. team. Like For that's sure. where this team is starting to look like what the Miami Hurricanes should look like. Uh, the the compete level for four quarters, the talent level still needs to be upgraded. We know that. Like saying that, I mean, we've always we've maintained that here. How talent level still two or three years away or two years away probably. Uh, but if they come out and compete like they competed on Saturday against Texas A&M, they can still win a ton of games. So uh, hopefully that compete factor is going to be there the rest of the year. Cause this was encouraging. Got to keep it rolling. Uh, also wishing good health to all those guys that got dinged up uh, in the Texas A&M game. So we'll get it out of here on that note. 
Appreciate everyone for listening. We've got a short week here this week. Bethune Cookman, 7.30 kick, Thursday night. Um, comes at a good time because those first two games, like I know Miami, Miami of Ohio doesn't like grab anyone's attention, but it's not like Miami opened with an FCS opponent, then played Texana. They kind of played two teams that bring some physicality to the field. And so uh, this Bethune-Cookman game comes at a nice time to kind of get right. Similar-ish feeling on Temple. And then you get that break and it's and it's ACC time. So uh, we'll get out of here on that note. Again, highly encouraging win, 48-33. And until next time, take care.